Every life has a story, and every story is worth sharing. Your story, my story, and our story speak of victory and defeat, joy and sorrow, resilience and vulnerability. They are not just our story, they are Christ's story in us. They are Kingdom Stories from Down Under. Every Friday morning we have a 6 a.m. prayer for men. And uh, in that prayer we meet a lot of uh, new faces that are connected to this men's group. And among them, um, over the years, we've um, connected with so many wonderful people and made a lot of friends, very encouraged by people carrying a lot of the presence of God in them. Among these wonderful men of God, I've met Nino Filanino, uh, a... Uh, Rhodesian, uh, Zimbabwean, uh, Italian. Italiano. <laughs> and I call him Paisano, which means he's a friend from the same village, like yes. almost like we grew up together. We haven't, but Paisano in the kingdom of God. Amen. Uh, so tonight it's a privilege to have here at Kingdom Stories from the Ananda, my own Paisano Nino. Welcome, mate. Eh? Thank you for having me today. So what does the term Paisano really mean? Exactly what you said. Paisano means the guy from the same paese, which is a... A city, uh, same, same, same town, town from the same town. It's almost like same dialect, same <laughs> language. You know, you know all the traditional we, things. Yeah, same traditional, same same beliefs. Wonderful. Well, we do have the same beliefs. We do. So probably we didn't have it before, but now we do. No. So your parents, Italian, they migrated to Rhodesia to Zimbabwe, did they? Straight after the war. Okay. Dad, dad left first in the forties. Oh, in the forties. Yeah, I think dad left in about 40, 46, 47. Which part of Italy? We're in Puglia, towards the south. Okay. Uh, south on of the Rome. Mediterranean. Mm. Yeah, south of Rome. About we're about Napoli. Four hours. We're about on, on the Naples side, the Mediterranean. Yeah. Yep. And we're about three hours from Naples, south of Naples. Oh, even further south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And your mum is also Italian. Mum is also Italian. Dad moved to Rhodesia then. To work with his brother, who'd also left. What attracted them to go to Zimbabwe, to Rhodesia? Well, I believe that after the war, people just people just wanted to leave. New... And I remember them saying that the main destinations were South America, yes, America, yes, Australia, yes, and South and South Africa. Africa. Okay. So I'm kind of going, oh, Dad, of all the countries you could have chosen, you chose. <laughs> Zimbabwe, South, South Africa, but I've got to say though, it was an amazing time. Uh, so they would have gone by boat? Yes, that's right. Not over land? No, no, by boat then, yeah. yeah. So dad came and worked there for about, uh, I believe it was seven or eight years with my uncle, then went back, married my mum, and they came over. Okay. And that was it. And she accepted to go with him uh, to a new land? Uh, yeah. I believe you don't have much choice. You didn't have much choice in those days. <laughs> That's right. So I heard, if you have an opportunity, you take it. You know what okay. I'm saying? So yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Uh, poor background. Again, yeah. dad didn't have a father. Mum was one of uh, seven children. Mm. So, and father was a barber. So can you imagine how they, so yeah, I think they took the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Unschooled. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately. So, what were they doing in Rhodesia? Farming. Farming. Believe it or not. Yeah, my dad a farmer. Mm -hmm. He farmed. And well, there was, was a lot of good land in Zimbabwe. Yes, in yes, Rhodesia. yes, very much so. 
very much so. Did they buy land themselves or they were? Yeah, my dad started off with his uncle. My uncle then left a few years later. My uncle left and went back to Italy. Mm -hmm. But my dad stayed and continued and uh, his small little market garden patch eventually became quite a big company, quite oh, a, nice. which still runs today because my brother's still there. Oh, beautiful. And it's uh, very lucrative. And you were born in this market garden environment? That's right, in Rhodesia then, back then. And the you started working with the family as a Not small really. Child? This is where things started to, to take a bit of a turn at the age because there was a, the, the Civil War was yes. on. Yes. And um, I've always been, it's always been in my nature, don't know why, just grafted in me, um, discipline. Yes. I, I've always wanted to be uh, in the army, army, police. And I've always done things which demand discipline in yourself. I've always been that, you know, martial well, you arts. Still quite, <laughs> you still look quite good for... For my age. Yeah. With, for my age. We won't disclose that, but no. it's okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> 62, actually. Well done. So, yes, I've always kind of liked the discipline side of things. And um, mom and dad sensed that my brother was in the army. Mm -hmm. And I know he lost a couple of friends in the army. And um, I was always the guy who was looking forward to actually just going to the army doing his bit. I can understand as a parent, they yeah. saw that it was just yeah, they wouldn't have not, the, not, not the wisest decision. So um, I remember getting home one day and within a month, my dad said, you're out, you're going. No discussions, no debates. I was put on a plane. Didn't finish my education, unfortunately. Didn't mm -hmm. get any, I did my O-level. I don't know if you know what the O-level equivalent is, but it's just the basic. Um, year 10, maybe. Year most probably just, yeah. just, just the basics. There on you would choose a, choose a, choose a career and go yeah. to university and, and, and venture into it. So um, it was just overseas. And I was 18, 17, 18 then. Had grown up in a very well-cared-for, well-looked-after family. Yeah. Dad worked hard was a, a very good businessman. So he had the farm and he had shops in town. So it, it, it was oh, quite, quite wow. a wealthy situation. What town were you in? Bulawayo, towards the south. One yeah. of the only cities that still maintained its name, not Harare or Gweru, Bulawayo, yeah. which is translated into the place of death, the place of blood. But anyway, oh. that's okay. <laughs> and what was he farming? Veggies? Vegetables mainly, yeah. Vegetables. We specialized a lot in potatoes as a, as a big staple crop, but yeah. then he did everything yeah. from tomatoes to onions to carrots to to everything. And the land was very good there. Very um, towards the south where we were, which was mainly cattle. It's a very big cattle ranching area. Yeah. So it actually was a difficult terrain to plant crops okay. in, but that's what my dad did. He knew so how to he, work. He managed soil. how to do it. Yeah. Mm. So at, at the age of 18, I went overseas. To do which what? I, exactly, to do what? Uh, good point there, because I went just to, to avoid the war. My, my parents didn't so, want yeah, me. They didn't want you to go They didn't want me to do the war, yeah. The so army. The, yeah, the army, into the war. So they um, sent, you to South Africa. sent me to, to Italy. Oh, back to Italy? Back to Italy. Now, and you, at I, home I could, you spoke Italian? I could understand Italian quite well. Yeah. We didn't speak it much. We didn't speak it much. So what were you speaking, English or Afrikaans? Mom and Dad speak in Italian, and yeah. we were obviously answering in English and a bit of broken Italian. Okay. But we understood it very yeah. well. You know, we are, that, was, that was okay. 
Unfortunately, though, when I went to Italy, and God bless them, I had two fantastic grand grandparents, but they were totally the lifestyle just changed mm. dramatically. I was well off, cared for nothing, wanted for nothing. Um, when I was in Rhodesia, uh, grew up, I didn't do well at school. Mm. Mom and dad didn't have any schooling. Yeah. And I realized today what was missing in my life was they couldn't, they didn't care much for the school. The school, yeah. they'd never been to school. Never so promoted as as, education. That's right. They never cared for the education, never cared for sports, this, that, and the other. Yeah. I understand it today. You know, I, yeah. you think about it and I say, well, it's, they didn't have anything to pass down that they hadn't been through. So that was it. So um, I went and lived with my grandparents. Mm -hmm. So there was a radical life change for me from having a silver spoon and a gold spoon in my mouth to, to living with grandparents. Really. Yeah, basic. Um, so yeah, very basic, very down to earth. I learned very quickly something I'd never ever experienced in Zimbabwe, in Rhodesia then ever. And I, I remember it started off one day when I just asked my gran, my shoes were dirty and I said, hey, can we clean my shoes? And she handed me polish and a brush. And I remember from that day, I'll never forget that episode. Yeah. It just showed me where I'd come from yeah. and how privileged a life I'd grown in. Yeah. You know, how taken care of I was, which obviously isn't the best thing, you know, mm. because you, you want to be schooled and you want to understand responsibilities. I had nothing to be responsible for at all, unfortunately. Yeah. They did it in love. My dad was yeah. a very loving man. He, he loved, but it wasn't transmitted. So, you know, I did the best I could when I had children to say that was missing in life, discipline, yeah. to be responsible to, you know. Uh. So eventually I, I married my wife in Italy. I, so I was there for about eight years and met my wife. Mm-hmm. And, um, so this was back in the hometown? Back in the hometown. So my wife is from the same town. She's a paisana. She's a paisana. <laughs> my mom, my dad, and all yeah. our relatives are in, and all her relatives are in, are in the same little city. Beautiful. So I worked. That, I was, that was a good thing you've done. Amazing, yes. Yeah. Very good. And Italy just certainly changed me in a hurry, very quickly. Mm -hmm. I tried to go to school, but unfortunately I couldn't do that very well either. I didn't know how to read and write very well. So that failed me. Um, so schooling wasn't the best thing for me. It was good because I learned to read and, and yeah. write. But um, I had to get straight into work, which was something, again, very foreign to me. And, you know, my first job was working in vineyards, digging trenches and laying irrigation piping. So I was... Labor intensive. Yeah. So I learned quickly that life wasn't what Easy. I had experienced in Zimbabwe. Even though that was just a, a you were always sheltered, overprotected. Absolutely, as every Rhodesian was, mm. unfortunately. Mm. You know, uh, it's just the lifestyle. So, who did there the labour in Rhodesia? The locals, the Africans, yeah. the local Africans. Yeah. Yes, and uh, sorry to say, I, I didn't realise what was going on around me as a young child, and even at the age of sixteen, seventeen, I didn't quite understand. Yeah, the racism that was around me. Yeah. When I left and looked back on it today, I can understand just how yeah. wrong and how. But there was just a way of life. It's not Absolutely. like you Absolutely. chose yeah. to, Absolutely. to be like that. It definitely, was... definitely. Yeah. So I grew up in a hurry. And then one day, just after getting married, I remember my brother phoned me up and said, listen, what are you doing, man? 
No, you, you're working. You're doing all these different jobs. I did so many different and you, jobs. And your you brother was back. Uh, he stayed My brother stayed. He finished his military service. Okay. Came through unscathed, so he so he was okay. And then he started working with my dad. And let it be that my brother is was more of a businessman than my father was. Wow! So he developed the company into and which exists today. And he said, "Come into come farming over. land, into shops, into supermarkets, into food food markets and Beautiful. takeaways." And he expanded it tremendously. And he said, "Why don't you just come back?" And um, within a month, we got on the plane, my wife and I, and we, we entered back. And I went straight back into farming with my dad. Did you adjust back to the lifestyle? Absolutely. I couldn't wait to leave Italy. <laughs> Different situation for my wife, unfortunately, for her. Okay. Yeah, leaving Italy and going to Africa is, a, is, is as radical as, as it is for it, from going from, from Africa to Europe. Yeah. So, um, but she got to love it. She got to love it. And I farmed with my dad. Mm. I farmed with my dad for, for, for 15 years. Children? We couldn't have children mm -hmm. until the Lord intervened. Okay. And it came after 10 years of wanting a child. My, my wife and I wanting children. Wow. That's a, you know, that's a little further on in the story because my dad passed away after, uh, after about 10 years that I'd been there. Was he sick or? He went in for a bypass for just a classical normal. I think it was a triple bypass and uh, didn't come back from that. So, oh, so sorry. That, that, so he, he must have been in his 50s. He loved the Lord. Dad was 62. Okay. He was actually right. 63, my 63, 62. Mm -hmm. And he passed away, which I thought my dad was quite an old fellow when he passed away. I realized today no. he, wasn't, he wasn't old at all. No, that's right. <laughs> but he loved the Lord. Uh, he was a devout Catholic. We all grew up as Catholics. Yes. Catholic school, Catholic junior school, Catholic senior school, Catholic, 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 Catholic. So that's all I knew. I knew. The farm and Catholicism. I knew it, but I knew what I knew. As a Catholic, uh, I realized today what I didn't know. Yeah. Thinking I knew it. But my dad was a little different because I would see him reading continuously, praying continuously. So I look back and I reflect on it today and, and I, I know my father's in heaven. I know he's there. Mm. I know. I can sense that he loved the Lord, absolutely loved the Lord. He loved the Lord. Yeah. Endless hours of prayer and, and, and we found out when he passed away what he actually did behind the scenes without anyone knowing. Mm. How he helped build... Uh, I believe it was six or seven churches out in the rural country, in the rural lands. He wow. funded it. And he didn't tell anybody. None yeah. of us knew anything about it. So that was wonderful. Mm. But um, so I took over the business when my dad passed away. With your brother? With my brother. Yeah. We weren't, we didn't see eye to eye then. Okay. My brother was a Christian. Yep. In a church. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't. I was in the world. Totally in the world. So he had he was in a reformed church. Yes. Okay. He was in a good church, in a, in a strong church. But I was just not interested. It wasn't for me. Yeah. I lived uh, what we call a a man's man's world. Yeah, you know, like uh, I hunted, I fished, I scuba dived, I parachuted, I shot competitively for Zimbabwe, practical combat shooting. Just a lot of 
hobbies and adventure? Everything that was adventure and, you know, you name it, I did it. I loved it. And your I, wife put up with all of this? She did because money wasn't no short. So right. money. it wasn't short and there was no shortage yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. So she could fly to and fro. In fact, had I known the term FIFO, I would have given it to her. Yeah. <laughs> she flew in and flew, she flew in, flew out as many times as she wanted. Back to Italy. Back to Italy repeatedly and spent time with the money. So money wasn't short. So we were yeah. in a good position. And then after my dad passed away about, well, it actually started while my dad was still alive, just before he'd passed away, maybe a year before. Um, church was a traditional thing on Sundays. Yes. I realized it was just um, for my wife and I and my mom. Uh, it was and my sisters, it was just a social thing. Yeah. Something to do on a Sunday. It's a very quiet place. So it, yeah. was a, it became a formality. You'd go there and you'd do your thing. And, and my dad, obviously, but I realized my dad's motives were different. I only realized that after he truly loved the Lord. So we would do it. And um, I remember that I could, if you've been in the Catholic Church, you know the format word for word. You know when to kneel, you know when to stand, you know yeah. what to say. The only thing you don't know is when the priest would actually open that Bible for where he would read from 10 to 15 minutes, 10 minutes maybe, and he would just pick something out and read it. And something in me was just saying, you know, that's what I want. I spent an hour sitting here going over formalities that we know by heart. In fact, I went to, I was invited to a church a year or two ago. It's still the same. And I could actually started reciting the words over and I thought, oh my goodness. In Latin? No, no, in, in English. In English. Yeah. Yeah, in, and I thought, oh my goodness, that's how in, <laughs> ingrained, ingrained I was with it yeah. over many years from a child of Catholic schools and Catholics, you know. Yeah. So um, that's what I wanted. And I remember saying to my wife, oh, I don't want to go to church anymore. Yeah. And she looked at me and we were sitting in the pews and she said to me, what are you saying? Don't say that. You know, we were all lined up anyway. Then my dad passed away and then I just said, nope, I'm not going to that church anymore. Yeah. And uh, then what I call the miracle happened in my life. Very plain, very simple, but very powerful. Mm. I just, I can't remember if I woke up with it, but a sense of searching just came over me. Yeah. Very powerful, very powerful sense of just, and I couldn't actually even, put it into words what it was. The Lord was calling me. That's basically what it was. He was knocking on my door yep. very powerfully. And uh, it, it, it didn't disturb me, mm -hmm. but it had certainly got me confused. Yeah. And I just carried on searching, searching, and I just said, listen, and I actually went and bought the first Bible without knowing a Bible. I bought a big Bible, simple Bible, uh, a very easy Bible, and I just started reading. And my wife kind of... You know, was a little, not shocked, but she, she didn't, I said, I said, oh, I just, I don't know. And it carried on for about a year. And then again, another little miracle, a hunting friend of mine who I knew very well, a professional hunter, said to me one day, Nino, listen, can you take these wheels? I want you to go and just give them to a friend of mine, another hunter of mine, a hunter friend. Yep. And I went and I went and dropped these off and he wasn't there. The hunter wasn't there. His wife was there. And I said, listen, these are for your husband. husband. They're from a friend of mine who asked me to just drop them off. And she was in her kitchen and she was drawing up um, pamphlets with Selborne Park Christian Church on them. And I said, oh, is that Selborne Park? I live about 
300 meters from that, I've walked past and I've seen black and white people working together, laying foundations. I said, what, is that a church you're building? Because I've been wanting to stop so often, I'll drive past it every single day going to work. Every yeah. day I would go and coming home, it was, just, it was literally about 400 meters from the house. And I said, you know what? I just saw a harmony of, because you do not see, you did not see. Yeah, black and white. No. Together. Digging trenches together. This shoveling is in the 70s together. or 80s? This, no, this is, this is in the 90s. 90s. Even then. Okay. It was something you didn't see. Yeah. Even though things had eased and, you know, Zimbabwe was the rule. Uh, blacks and whites just, that, that wasn't seen. And something in my heart pounded when I saw that. I said, you know what, I'd like to come to that church. And huh. um, that was it. From that day onwards, I got into that church, an amazing church, an amazing, amazing church. And from that day on, uh, I just gave my life to the Lord in a big way. It made sense. But I was very lonely because no one else understood me. Not even your wife? Not even my wife. Not even my wife. And it got to a point where... Uh, certain decisions had to be made where, you know, so it, it got very, very, very rocky. Yeah. And all my friends, and I, I'm serious, I didn't have many friends then because I used to drive out to a farm every day and farm all day and come back in in the evenings and that was done. Saturday was my, uh, Saturday I worked till lunchtime. Sunday sometimes I used to work on the farm because farming doesn't. Stop. Vegetables don't get in the shade and drink on their own like animals no. do, you know, they're there. And so it's a, it's a very difficult lifestyle. But um, friends I had down at the shooting range, at the martial arts clubs that I went to, thought I'd lost it, absolutely lost it. Mm. And a lot of things were said. But, you know, somehow I just, no, I thank the Lord that it was already my nature and character that when I saw something I desired to do, I did yeah. it. But uh, I look, I reflect on it today and it had nothing to do with me. It was all the Lord's work, absolutely. Beautiful. And the story goes that for approximately 25 years, I was still alone in wow. the family. So I was known as the odd, the odd guy in the church. Yeah. Because I said, you know what, 90% of all the singles that come in here, or 99% of them are all ladies. Yeah. You're the only guy who comes in without his family. <laughs> Everybody else, it's, you know, the yeah, ladies and the kids are there yeah. and, the, and the husbands aren't there. But... Um, I thank the Lord that my wife loves the Lord today. Mm. But um, we, we stayed and, and, and I just ventured on. But I reflect on it today. It was an easy form of introduction to Christianity for me because there's so much I could do Yes, through what I did as a living, through the money I had, through yeah. the contacts I had. So feeding programs was easy. Yeah. Building programs were easy. I had yeah. buildings and I had builders and I had food. And we had cold rooms and I had money. And uh, uh, so it was very easy for me to help. And I Wonderful. did it. Wonderful. I did it. I did it. Mm. My heart was in it. And your brother was okay? Was he happy that you had uh, found the Lord? It so happens that the actual church I went into, when I walked in, they said, Ah, oh, Nino, Nino, Fila Nino. So you're Mickey's brother. Wow. So, said, so they knew him? Yes. He'd been going to that church. Okay. Unfortunately, the day I walked in, he walked out oh. because we weren't. Yeah. We weren't. But we you were running a business together? Yes. 
but I ventured on the farm. I, I ran the farming side of things. And he ran the business. He was in the city running all the all the businesses together. So we worked extremely well as, as a as, as a business. Bit. He was a businessman and I was an out I'm I'm the type of guy, give him a job that's almost impossible to do. And that that's a gift I have. Mm. And you were all making money and it was all good? Yep. There were no arguments about that? No arguments about that, but we didn't see what eye to eye. Tension? What was the biggest tension? Um, I realized, I've realized one thing in life and I've, I've proven it to my wife time and time again and it seems to be a pretty dominant thing even in friends of mine. Um, brothers and sisters can get along quite well. I've noticed that confrontations start to come into the family when we get married and we bring in the partners. Yeah, I found that, especially in a, in a, in a, in a company like ours where we did very well. Yeah. Um, there could be jealousies between the wives, wives, kids, brothers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? The brother-in-laws. Yeah, yeah. And so things started to get torn apart. And unfortunately for my wife and I, we came from Italy and we, we weren't used to, we'd lived in Italy now where, as you would know, you haven't got time to, uh, to gossip much and do things. Work is hard, life is yeah. hard, you get yeah. on with it. When we went back to Zimbabwe, my wife went into a lifestyle of friends, of, of wives, of men who worked, and they didn't do much else besides yeah. enjoy, sit, party, tea, and talk and gossip. Because they had uh, maids. Absolutely. So yeah. the kids were taken care of, the cleaning right. was taken care of, you basically yep. just leave it up. Sit together and gossip. Unfortunately, you gossip. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's when things can definitely go wrong. But, you know, it, it, it just happened. Yeah. And uh, this happened all through, you know, and when my dad passed away, you know, a lot of blame was given. And a lot of causes were, were, were directed towards my wife and I. And, but we, we, we got on with it. Yeah. Somehow. But there wasn't a good feeling. There, there certainly wasn't. And, and, I, and I, I struggled with it because I said, Lord, it's, I realized immediately that it's very difficult to, to devote yourself and love the Lord when you don't love those close to you, when you don't get along with it. Mm. I didn't know how to handle it then. I, mm. I couldn't handle it then, so I just forged forward with it. Um, today, thank the Lord, since I've been in Australia, I've drawn close to my brother and we, we talk a lot and we talk about the gospel a lot. And we encourage Beautiful. each other a lot. So it taught me that the Lord certainly, uh, those that backslide aren't certainly, don't count them out yet. That's right. You know what I'm saying? My brother backslid for many yeah. years. I took off and I just fired off and I was like a bull in the china shop. I just <laughs> saw the Lord and devoted my time, my effort, my money and everything to him. Uh, I did a lot of Bible bashing when I first met the Lord because yes, I thought, did. well, it was very simple too. I kind of went, can't you guys see it? Yeah. Sorry, are you blind? Yeah. You know? And I didn't realize, yeah, they are blind. You were yeah. too. So I realized it. But I only realized that when I eventually came to Australia because after many years, it got very difficult to farm. Yes. Because the political situation was rather dangerous for farmers. Mm. You know, the requisition of land, taking it back, not... Yeah. Not asking politely. No. And there was a lot of, was oh, a lot went on. You know, extremely, extremely lives, violent, lives, extremely children, violent, yeah. extremely violent situation. Um, it got to a point where it was just a little too much and the kids were 
coming out of junior school. So, so you eventually had kids? We did, sorry, I forgot to mention. Yeah. We lost the first child. My wife was six months pregnant when we lost the first child, and that just threw her further back into disbelief and we'll never have one, this, that, and the other. Uh, I think was she coming to church with you? She was... Uh, no. No, still. no. And I believe three months later, um, three months later, she, she fell pregnant with my son. And uh, a year and a half later, my daughter came here. So Beautiful. that was all good. So that, that, that was amazing. That was amazing. And um, so when they got to a point of junior school, yes. and I was really tired of how hard it was, because farming is difficult enough without any other influences in it. You add political and, and, and danger to it, it, it escalates tremendously. Yeah. And farming isn't quite there, isn't quite like farming here in Australia. I had a look at farming in Australia. Very hard workers, undoubtedly, but it's very mechanized. Uh, there's rather rudimental. Yeah, you, you, you make do with Man. what you have. Mental. You maintain, you maintain everything. Yeah. yeah. It's very basic, very hard. Yeah. So it's difficult. And uh, politically, uh, due to the economic situation, you had to import everything you used, your fertilizer, your yeah. fuel, yeah. everything had to be imported. Yeah. You weren't allowed to import. So everything was done on a black market basis. Yeah. You weren't allowed to deal in the black market. They encouraged us to deal in black markets. Of market. course, you had no choice. Was, that's right. The government, yeah. The system was So, yeah. Corrupt. So the system was corrupt. and uh, But it, it was just difficult. And then all of a sudden, I, I don't know why, I, I loved the church so much. I questioned it for many years thereafter. I said, Lord, why did I make a decision like that? And even the elders in my church uh, who are phenomenal, we, we're still part of. Uh, Andy mentioned it and Janine mentioned it. And there's CTMI Church Teams Ministry pretty much all over the world. But um, one of the elders said to me, you know, if the Lord's put it on your heart, think about it and pray about it. Yeah. Seriously pray about it. Don't make a move because yeah. you're looking for those beautiful blue shores and easy life and all that because he says it won't be like that. And somehow that frightened me, the thoughts. I thought, no, no, let's not move. But somehow something in me just said, you've got to go. And I realized today that it was for my benefit and the benefit of my family that we went. You moved to South Africa? No, we moved to Perth. Oh, you moved to Perth from Straight Rhodesia? From, from Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe, yeah. yeah. To, to Perth. Two friends of ours, three friends of ours, three brothers we'd grown up with. Yes. From childhood. Yes. Uh, we're opening a company here. They were into furniture and uh, parquet, uh, furniture, and they did buildings and aluminium works and carpentry, and they bought a company that uh, built kitchens yes. here in Perth. Yep. And I was very close friends with them, and they said, listen, if you want to come to Perth, we're opening a company. Yeah. If you'd like to invest in it, become a partner in it. Yeah. And I thanked them for that, sold our house that we had in Zimbabwe, which is all we had. There was no money in the farm. The farms were taken by the government, yep. given back anyway. So... Um, we got on a plane and we came and had a look, my wife and I, and we loved it, obviously, when you first hit these shores. It's just amazing. How old the kids? The kids were eight and ten, I nice. think it was, then. Yeah. Good, good well, age. My memory, my memory is it's terrible, but yeah. No, actually, no, I think it was ten and twelve. Anyway. Good. Yeah, good age for them. Good age for them to come over. We thought it was a good age for them to come over. 
it wasn't a good age for them to come over because once again, a good age to come over, but they come from a very sheltered, protected, cushy. Yeah, now exposed. Extremely exposed. Yeah. Extremely exposed. Today they are Australians. Yes. Love the place. Wouldn't leave it. Yeah. Love it here, and that's that's done. But um, we came over, and I ventured into into partnership with friends of mine. And long story short, uh, within seven years they folded, folded, take it, lost everything. Mortal enemies with me, mortal enemies with each other, whatever. I just kind of said, Lord. But it was a process that he was just doing in me. Yeah. It was a process. I realized, I realized, and I realized. A refining. The first thing I said is, Lord, how can I serve you? And then it kind of dawned on me. I don't need anything you had yeah. besides you. Mm. I did a lot of good stuff in Zimbabwe. I did a lot for the Lord. I understand that the Lord would have done it. Yeah. I understand that we, I understand where money is needed and manpower yeah. is needed and buildings are needed. Yeah. The Lord provides. Yes. Somehow, somewhere. Well, that's what I did. And I loved the Lord. Mm. I loved him. But now I know. I love Job. I love Job. I look at Job's journey and I love towards the end where he, where he says, uh, my ears have heard the Lord, yes. but now I've seen him. I understand that today after yeah. being in Perth for 15 years. It's radically changed completely. Mm. I've had nothing to offer the Lord since I hit these shores, and especially when we lost everything. I then um, got in touch with my brother and asked him and I pleaded with him to reinvest in another company, and he financed me. Wow. We started off another little company, Bolino Postforming Specialists, and we started again. In postforming? Always doing that, pressing and postforming. Yeah. That's what I knew how to do. Yeah. You know, it crossed my mind to venture out into farming. Um, my wife said, no, please don't. You know what I mean? Um, because labor. I knew what I was doing, especially potato farming and all the rest. But then I also realized that um, it's, it's a total, total different way of farming here. And Spudship gives them away anyway. <laughs> That's right. You're right. And not only, you know, in Africa, in Africa, there are no rules. You just do what you want to do. You use any chemical you use. Yeah. Whereas here, there's rules and regulations and stipulations. So it's a very different type yeah. of thing. So I started another company again, and uh, that was difficult because I remember the amazing things. I came into, we came in 2007 when we were told, don't ever start a new company. That was the worst possible time they said. Yeah, just start a company. Just started. That's it. So we started a company. Somehow the Lord got me through. You know what I'm saying? When I started the new company uh, for that, uh, seven years ago, they said to me, bad timing, bad timing. Huh. Don't. Somehow the Lord got me into it and we got through it. So whenever there was, don't do it. Yeah. The Lord somehow just said, to just get on with it and just do it. Difficult. Everything has been difficult. Nothing has been easy. No. Extremely difficult. Yeah. Um, and that company uh, sold to a company we did a lot of work for. Yes. GBI Manufacturing. They bought the company. Wonderful. They didn't want the company. They weren't interested in the machinery. There wasn't great machinery. They were interested in myself, my experience, and the team of people I brought across with them. So I now work, work for them. Yes. Four years. Mm-hmm. But I'm desperately seeking more work for the Lord. Desperately seeking more work for the Lord. Wow. Uh, fanatical in a sense, yes. I always have the radical, fanatical. I don't know which, which term it is. 
I just have a love. I've been very alone in my walk. Um, that's why I'm such a close friend with Andy and Janine Wood. Yes. They carry us the same passion. It's not just from the same church. I'm not saying that there aren't others. There must be. There must yeah. be. There must be. I just... Your wife is, is in the Lord now, yeah? She's, yes. And, and again... And, and your children? My daughter. Very much so. Very much so. My, Lord, my, my son has... No, he lives a different lifestyle, completely different lifestyle. He isn't interested in that. But you see, he knows. I've, I've told my wife, you know, even though she's heartbroken over, over certain situations, my daughter and, you know, what they've done and how they haven't listened to what we wanted them to do and all the rest. And, but I know that they've seen something yeah. that they cannot deny yeah. that they love the Lord. Mm. My dad loves the Lord yeah. and the Lord's everything to him. Yeah. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. I trust the Lord. I've, got to, I tr I've trusted the Lord in everything I've done, and I will trust him in this too. Mm. You know? So um, that's brought us to, to, to today, basically, where um, I've done a lot of things for the Lord, but with a different, with a different passion. Um, there's an urgent need in me to serve the Lord. I knew the Lord even when I was in Zimbabwe. Yes. When I got to these shores, I started reading because times were hard. So I really got to love the Lord in, in a different way. Mm. So I got to know his majesty. I got to know that he was my rock, my shield, my source. I got to know that um, he's my provider. I got to know all of those things. Yes. But the one question that always begged is, Lord, I know who you are, and I've seen what you've done for me, but how can I serve you? Mm. How can I serve you? Yeah. And um, in my search, one thing that's always been a very big part of my life is when in, in Matthew and in and, and Mark and in the Gospels, when the Pharisee asked and said, Lord, what's the greatest commandment of all? Love God. Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. Yeah. And I looked at those four characters in it and I said, Lord, I realized something today. You want me to love with my heart more than anything else because it doesn't involve anything else in my life. I'll get to that because with your mind and with all your strength, is something I can do physically. Yes. And I always have been able to do. Yeah. I've always done a lot for the Lord physically. Yes. Help here, help there, no limits, and uh, Shalom House for four or five years with Peter Lyndon James, Wonderful. facilitating, doing the barbies all over the place. I've always just wanted to help. And uh, Andy and I now, at our old ripe old age, took on another little duty we have now to do the street chaplaincy. Wow. Um, so there's always just been a passion to help yes. and love and serve the Lord. Mm. And I realize that strength is not in the equation anymore. When you love him with your heart and your soul, mm. he provides the rest. The energy. That... You've got the energy or you don't have the energy is not an issue. That's right. And you don't play with your mind anymore. Yes. Because the my mind, mind the heart. Well, that's it. So all the questions. So the gospel has been simplified so much for me now. Yes. Jesus Christ. Amen. And him crucified. That is, is it is for me. 
Yeah. I can get complicated and I can get into a lot of details, but I avoid it. I avoid it a lot now. Mm. I look at the life of Jesus Christ more than anything else now. I've gone back to those so Gospels. How do you Bible bash today? How do I Bible bash today? I... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't? I don't. I, take, I just let my life, I just let my life reflect the passion and the love I have. In my workplace, um, I'm laughed at a lot, ridiculed at a lot, and think I'm crazy. And uh, But again, it doesn't matter because I still stand solid in what I believe. Mm. And I sense they can see that he's either totally a loony tune and he, yeah. he's possessed by something else or there's something really strong in him. That's right. That is determined, uh, determination in him that's, got to have some form of truth in it yeah so and that's that that's what it is today for me you know and, and when i when i see what what how powerful that 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 commandment is that command is you know that, that and followed by and he says and the second commandment is love your neighbors as yourself well for me it's wrapped in that yeah love the lord and then you're gonna want to go out and just love others and and, and it's, it's i've simplified my, my 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 belief so much now and i just I'm passionate. I'm just passionate to serve the Lord where and when and, and how, however he so chooses. I've learned to be patient Please. and wait on him. The tests and the trials, I would have to do a whole full interview to let you know what we've been through, my wife and I, physically in this country also. And, mm. uh, you know, it, it's so many things have happened. Illness? As, as they do to everyone. As illness? Challenges? Oh, illness, yeah, absolutely. My wife's had an operation and a fusion in, in, in her neck. Uh, it's a long story how she got there. She had to have her nose re reconstructed. Um, I, I kind of say that the, the ambulances kind of, when, when they get to our house now and again, they kind of go, hey, Mrs. Filinina, how are you doing? Because <laughs> we've, we've, we've been, unfortunately, I, I've been okay. Yes. I've had my difficulties and yeah. I've had uh, quite a few torn muscles and ligaments and this and that. The other. It's just the, the work I do and rheumatism's on to me now and I'm starting to fall apart kind of. It's just a heavy job for a guy my age. But my wife's been, unfortunately, we've, we've been through a lot with her. Mm. A lot of fusions. And, uh, you know, she had she got shingles five years ago, and it's permanent. It's a 24-7. 24-7. Just, just pain. Constant pain, 24-7. And uh, she's had a few operations. and So, anyway, but, you know, I just trust the Lord for her. Yeah. I trust the Lord for her. I can see the Lord's doing a work in her life. Yes. And fortunately, I say fortunately, unfortunately, as you didn't mind, he had to tear me away from what I thought was my perfect relationship with him. Yes. And start refining. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot of the refining, you know, there's got to be a fire involved in it somewhere. There's got to be, the potter's got to do his job. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And you just got it's to. It's unpleasant, but it has to be done. Absolutely. I've seen it. That's why I'm so so passionate about it. And the, the guys, again, I'm kind of known for the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross, the cross. Yes, the cross, I say. Yeah. Absolutely. That's where the life, that's, that, that's, that's where the Lord opened the door for us. Yeah. At a price, at an extreme price. Yeah. And I realized today that we have to carry a cross. And, you know, I know a lot of people hmm. kind of go, well. Now they buy a little one and they just carry it. Well, yeah, not only, you know, when I, when we, uh, a lot of times at meetings and stuff like that, they've looked at me and things have gone quiet. I said, 
It's the cross, Jesus Christ. You know, he said it, and yeah. you know, it's written there. If anybody wants to follow me, deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Yeah. And he says, that is the part. And you know, the cross is my life for his. That's right. For his sacrifice. And yeah. um, I can understand how, how the apostles, how Apostle Paul can, can glory in in these things, you know, it seems very strange when you first read it. You know, you, you know, yeah. you glory in in, in in these in in the cross. Yes, absolutely. Mm. So I kind of stated, you know, I've got to be very careful how I talk about it because is the word radical? Yeah, I believe I call myself radical. I Can you be Christian and not be radical? I mean, truly, true Christianity? No, you true, can't. True, true Christianity will demand all. Yeah. And everything of you. Yeah, it's an extreme life. No limits. Yeah. And but but the amazing part is the joy. This is not being fanatic. The this joy is being and the peace. Real. That's why I'm saying I don't know if it's fanatical or no, is, no, is no, the no, right I think word. It's just being hundred percent. I'm just saying it's hundred percent. Yeah. You know, that's why I love Peter Pollock. Yes. I love him. Because yeah. I have that sense also of it's black and white, it's written. Yeah. It's very clear. You know, I've 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 There's been no to a lot of churches. I've been no to a lot doubt. of Absolutely. Yeah. I've been to a lot of churches here where some men who've, who've stood up have been brilliant minds and they've spoken and they're very eloquent. Yes. And at the end of it, I've just said, I didn't understand much of what you said. And I look at the Gospels and I look at the Lord, yes. even though you use parables, yeah. very clear, yeah. very simple. Yeah. Very simple. Yeah. And if somebody is uneducated and without it, without it, without That's a... Right. Without, without a, um, without any degree, can 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 live life to its fullest, leaning on the Lord. It's very simple for me. Mm. You know, take up your cross and follow me. Come yeah. to me. Trust in me. Trust in me. Trust in me. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. What's some unfinished business in the kingdom that the Lord's put on your heart and is still lingering? Still waiting for you to fulfill. Uh, there are a lot of things that I have to face that I haven't kind of I've dreaded facing. Um, my brother with my brother. Yeah. Um, not not dreaded not dreaded facing. There's a lot. Of, there, there are quite a few truths that I know needed to be need to be performed. And um, there's a lot of people I'd like to ask forgiveness to who unfortunately aren't on this continent, who aren't here. Because um, I realized something even today. I need the Lord. Yes. If there's one thing I've noticed is I need the Lord and I need the Lord to have me down on two knees. Yes. The moment I'm not reading, the moment I'm not under pressure to, 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 to stay close to him, I fall back very easily. Yes. I fall away from the Lord very easily. Yeah. Not fall away from the Lord very easily. I put the cross down. Yeah, yeah. I don't let go of it. Pause. I pause. Yeah. I pause and I put on hold. So I've realized that I need to be constantly drawn to him. Mm. And I've noticed my weaknesses that I have to be under some form of pressure. <laughs> some form of, and I've noticed that that's, and I, I, I'm not happy with that. Yes. You know, I'm not happy with that. Um, 
I want to serve him, but I want to serve him simply as as it is. I want to serve him his. I want to serve him his yeah. way. I've understood. I want to serve him his way. Not being constrained um, or pushed or pressured. No, I realize that you just I can't do it. There's nothing. There's nothing of value in me that's in my flesh. You know, I realize that. I realize that so clearly today. And you know where the gospel says that everything around you starts to fade. I've I've sensed that in a real way. I can't prove it to anybody, and I don't need to prove it to anybody. You can't prove it, but the world is starting to mean less to me every day. Beautiful. And one of the most difficult things that I I've always heard of, and it's so simple: love your enemy. Yeah. I've always thought that 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 just does not make sense. That's right. How can you? Love your enemy, but I'm starting to realize, and that's the that's the beauty of what the Lord's doing in me today. How He's broken me and refined me, furnace after furnace, and quarry after quarry, and hammer blow after hammer blow, because I'm yeah. stubborn and hard, and you know. But He started to get through to me. Love your enemy. Yes, the, I've understood it, and I've had. I'm in a factory at the moment, and I'm around people at the moment that I've started to realize. It doesn't mean. Love your enemy for me doesn't mean walk with them, socialize, and and no, it means it's become clear to me they blind, they can't see. You need to love them. You need to love them. It's a them. state of the heart. It's a state of the heart. It's a choice of the heart. It's a choice of the heart. And for me, and it's not a one-time-off event. <laughs> it's a constant event. Every time you absolutely are reminded, you just choose love. Yeah, yep. It's one of the you know. So I can feel that Lord. And again, I see that I've been, I've had to be pushed and coerced into this because at 62 and when you start to, not that you gentlemen will know this yet, but when your body starts to fail you, you start to realize that he is your dependence. Yes. You are dependent on him now because yep. that is out of your hand. Yeah. When youth vanishes and, and a zeal vanishes and a personal strength within you vanishes, you realize you're losing something. Yeah. But it's then that you start to realize Trust in him. that it is not about power, yeah. not about might, but it's about his spirit. Yeah. And I unfortunately didn't pick up. I know a lot of men at, at a younger age who've seen that and sensed it and followed it. Yes. I've had to be pushed continuously into that, broken continuously. Now, at this age, I realize you're not strong anymore physically. That's right. You know what I'm saying? You do not have money yeah. to give. So what do you have? And that's when, you know, it's raw now. My heart is open to him and all I want to do is serve him. And even when Andy and I, I said, Andy, you know, we're in our, we, we, we're the same age. I said, Andy, we're 62 and we want to go walking around Northbridge, picking up the pieces of these young 16s and 18s and 20-year-old ladies and girls who are, you know, broken and vomiting. And um, I thought, Phew. but somehow I'm just saying, Lord, whatever, just lead yeah. me where you want to go. So I'll go out with a love just to say, listen, we're just here just to love you. And I'll take any opportunity, every opportunity to say mm. it's the Lord's work in us and keep it very simple, no Bible bashing, Yeah, just to keep it very simple. So I'm, I'm just so grateful to him for, for breaking me ever so slowly, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. ever so slowly. And above all else, just bringing my wife to the Lord. She's in her own way. She's yes. in a much younger way. She knows the Lord. Yes. And she's Italian, so, you know, she, she does it in her kind of way. But I'm grateful, and I've learned to just take my hands off and pray. 
and above all else, just live the life the Lord speaks of. Beautiful. So my motto now is, Lord, let your will be done in my life. You know, when Jesus Christ, again, things that were passed over and read and reread a thousand times and they became, yes, we know what you're talking about, have become very important. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, my father, not my will, but your will be done. Yeah. You know, that, that is it for me. That's the crux of it. Beautiful. And that's what I say. I want for my life, my Lord, whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I live fearfully. Yes. Saying, Lord, please let me do something for you. Yeah. Please, Lord, I want to do something for you. Please, Lord, you know. But I just leave it to him. I leave it to him. And I've learned to fear the Lord and I've understood what it is to fear God. That beautiful fear, that awesomeness of seeing who he is and what he's done in my life. Because it's amazing what he's done. Yeah. He took <laughs> he took the most simple of things. Yeah. And put everything, invested it all into it. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and he did it a hard way. Yeah. But I realized why. Because that is the way, and that is the way I needed to be done. And that's mm -hmm. what he needed to be. You know, I kind of look at it back in this way. When I first met the Lord, I was, I stood like granite. Yeah. And, and, and it took a hammer and a chisel to start working on me. Yeah. And then eventually the granite, we could say, turned to, to wood. But one again, once again, you know, you have to hit it with files and sandpaper and you have to plane it and still blaze. There's still a cutting process. That's right. But now today I kind of say it, 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 it's, it's the clay. It's the potter's clay. Yeah. It's a gentle, it's a gentle move now because you finally softened hard enough. You know, that hard material is softened now and he can finally do what he wants to do. Mold it. And I kind of say, Lord, you mold me into your vessel mm. and fill me with what The beauty with all this is that you're realizing it's not too late. God can still work. Absolutely. I think that's Absolutely. beautiful. And one of the greatest things is also is don't think you have to bring Much. intelligence, title, strength, yeah. charisma. No, 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 no. You need to bring a heart that's willing to just serve the Lord and let the Lord do his business in you. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing Thank your you. life story Thank and you also your heart for the Lord. You're inspiring us. Thank you. What Thank a you beautiful story. What a beautiful man has gone through so much and yet he sticks on to the Lord without compromise and just wanting to serve the Lord. And even in his beautiful ripe uh, middle age, uh, <laughs> he's uh, desiring to, to see God's hand at work and doing street chaplaincy now in this period and also just ministering and loving the people with a brand new heart. What an inspiration uh, and uh, it encourages us to get going and carry on the good works for the Lord. I pray that this blesses you and uh, please do share it with other people so others can be blessed by this and encouraged and be built up. And we look forward to seeing you next time here at Kingdom Stories. I'm Nathaniel Costia. Thank you for joining us on Kingdom Stories from Down Under. We'd love it if you would subscribe, rate and share these stories with your wider community. And remember, every story is worth sharing, including yours.